This episode of Moon Tower Business is brought to you by your local State Farm agent, Alejandra de la Torre. Alejandra's team has amazing customer service, knowledgeable staff, and super competitive pricing. They also have a very convenient location in Round Rock, located at 2200 North A.W. Grimes Boulevard, Suite 500. Alejandra's team is bilingual, and they have over 52 years of combined experience in the insurance industry. Alejandra's team is very friendly and helpful, and they always go the extra mile. They even have after-hours emergency availability. So please call Alejandra's State Farm team for all of your insurance needs, whether it's auto, home, life, or business. Their telephone number is 512-244-3311, or you can see their website at www.alexdelatorre.net. Welcome back, everybody, to the Moon Tower Business Podcast. This is Joseph O'Bell, and today I am speaking with Dakota Rowland, who is the founder of Mike Check. Dakota, how are you? I'm doing very well, Joseph. Thank you for having me on. Yes, sir. Welcome to the podcast. Um, maybe we could just kick off by you uh, introducing yourself to listeners and just talk a little bit about things that you've uh, worked on in your career. Right. Um, so my career path to what this current idea is, it was uh, a little out of the ordinary. So I actually started my career in pharmaceutical research, um, where I specialized a lot in remote data capture. Um, and I found myself in a position where I was able to sort of step out of that role and pursue something that I was a little bit more passionate about, which is uh, live music. So that led me to what I'm currently doing now with Mike Check. Um, so we launched our beta app back in June of this year. And the idea is that it's a local live music discovery app. And what we're trying to do is bring that uh, big data mentality to these small local bands where we identified that there currently is a gap. Um, and the idea behind that is to support them and make it a more viable, whether it's career path or even just make it a bit more sustainable for these local artists and these local venues. So it really started as a COVID project where, you know, ultimately we saw everything shut down. Um, I think, you know, these local live music venues were hit some of the hardest and, and obviously the musicians associated with them uh, didn't have anywhere to perform. And it really is something that I'm particularly passionate about. I actually moved to Austin just prior to uh, COVID happening, and I was here for a couple months. You know, I moved here for that live music experience that Austin's really known for. And in that couple of months, you know, I had tremendous experiences, got to see a lot of great local musicians perform. And then obviously, once COVID happened, everything really shut down. Um, but the one thing I found, especially myself uh, as an outsider to the Austin community, is it's not that intuitive from someone that's not as familiar with Austin to really find all the best local musicians. So this project started as a way to really make that local live music scene much more accessible. Um, so the way we are approaching that is with our user-facing app where uh, essentially it almost functions like a dating app for users is probably the easiest way to describe it, 
where essentially a user is going to be able to input, you know, when they're trying to see a show, what their genre preferences are, how close are they willing to, or sorry, how far are they willing to go to see a show? So they have a little bit of a radius parameter that they can use as well. And then we will show them band profiles that meet their criteria who are playing near them in the attempt to drive more users to these local live shows that, you know, really make Austin such a special community. Gotcha. So what, I guess what inspired you to, to kind of start your own business and in, in, uh, kind of change industries? I, I know you, you're passionate about live music, but like what, what kind of gave you the kick to say, you know what, I'm going to pull the trigger on this and, and go ahead and start my own business here. Really, a lot of it was um, timing. So I found myself financially in a position um, that I was able to really make that jump to kind of branch out and, and try to do something for an extended period of time to try to really build something. And it, you know, again, goes back to COVID where I just found it was an experience that I was tremendously missing, you know, that live interaction, that being out that, um, you know, once I found myself in that position, I really wanted to kind of you know, branch out and get into supporting the local music scene. Um, just for myself to build a tool really where I, it's almost a little selfish how I designed it, where it's a tool that I wanted to exist when I was here uh, to just make it that much easier for myself to be able to connect with this local music scene. Um, so I wanted to bring that uh, experience to users as well. Gotcha. And, and how did you, uh, I mean, how do you do outreach and how do you connect with bands and venues uh, typically to, to kind of list that stuff on your app? Right. So it's a, a lot of word of mouth, a lot of, you know, going out to these shows, meeting with bands, talking with them. Um, so once we had just our beta version, the app available, actually the first thing we did was throw a uh, free launch party. At uh, the Far Out Lounge, we made it, you know, the only criteria was that users had to have the app downloaded just to try to get the word out there a little bit more about what it was we were doing. So we had 12 bands at the Far Out Lounge that was back on July 3rd. So we ran, you know, noon all the way to midnight, uh, which is when their noise ordinance kicks into effect. Um, and then we grabbed, you know, some smaller local bands. Uh, we did all Austin bands as well. And then, you know, we had a few headliners in there. Uh, Bright Light Social Hour, Tamika Jones was a huge hit. Uh, Buffalo Hunt as well, Telenovela, uh, just to name a few. And that was really kind of our first engagement with the local Austin community. We viewed it almost as a as kind of like a, a welcome back to music because that was sort of right as we were coming out of the pandemic. Um, we wanted to make sure it was done at an outdoor venue, which the Far Out Lounge is, just to try to be as safe as possible, uh, especially when we were uh, still planning this. You know, at that time, since it was several months prior, it was unclear exactly what the vaccination status of most people was going to be. So we wanted to make sure we were taking as many precautions as possible while safely bringing a fun free event to the Austin community. Gotcha. And, and uh, prior to moving to Austin, had you, had you visited here before? Had you experienced any of the live music and gone to like anything like South by Southwest before? Yes, absolutely. South by Southwest is the reason I moved to Austin. Um, so I have come, I think, every year for the last five years, uh, with the exception of last year when, you know, of course, we unfortunately had it canceled. 
Um, so immediately, you know, fell in love with Austin, the live music scene, and definitely almost took it for granted in a respect how accessible it was to find live shows then where, you know, essentially you could be from out of town, know absolutely nothing. And as long as you're wandering around downtown, you're going to find plenty of live shows to see. But it's also something that factored into how we're designing the app where you'd go out and you'd see some of these incredible bands, but it's very challenging to find them again. Um, So we wanted to build a tool here that really allows us as, as users, as fans to track these local bands that we're finding uh, and exploring and interacting with them just to be able to find their shows. Because it's one of the issues that we have found with all the existing platforms where, you know, most people have Facebook, Instagram, all these different social medias, but their algorithms are particularly um, negative towards these smaller local artists where I think there's a stat and, and, I'm not 100% on, I believe it's something like 7% of Instagram posts uh, actually reach your followers. So even if there's a band that I know and like a lot and I follow all their Insta or uh, all their social medias, there's a very good chance that I won't see the announcement um, for them when they're telling us about their shows, if that's the platform they've used. And that's true for Facebook as well. So you know, even larger artists, there's a decent chance that these show listings go unnoticed with the existing social media platforms. And that just gets compounded based on the fact that, you know, these local artists don't quite have the following of those bigger guys. I recall uh, in years past when during South by Southwest, there's a, there's a typical lineup that's part of the main event, but then there's also these, all these like side kind of unofficial mm-hmm. South by Southwest concerts. Right. And like, there's never like a central location to find them. You always have to like, go on different websites, look on Twitter, Facebook, on Instagram, mm-hmm. and like, and you're missing out. Like you said, you're not cap- capturing all that local uh, talent in one spot. Right. I, think, I mean, it makes sense to have something like what you're doing to capture all that, not only for South by Southwest, but just year round. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of our goals to build towards being um, kind of the app for this upcoming South by Southwest for all that unofficial uh, shows that are going on because that's that was really my favorite part of South by's in the past where you know you're just running around to all these unofficial shows there's so much going on that you know if you're next if you're at one place and maybe the band is not your type of genre you just walk right next door and there's the best band you've ever seen right there but I've never successfully managed to find a band that I love that much during a South by and find them again, even though I know they were playing shows all week. So we're hoping to build a platform that really supports that kind of engagement to really build that core fan base for these bands playing these kind of pop-up last-minute shows uh, during South By. Very cool. Um, can you talk a little bit about your experience in building an app? I'm, I'm sure that's not an easy uh, thing to do. And can you just talk about like, you know, kind of the timing on that and, and, and what it took to get that up and running and, and how it's going now? Yeah, absolutely. It is a tremendous amount of work. Um, we have partnered with a company that is run by a, a friend of mine. His name is uh, Todd Cooney. He runs a company called Blueprints. So you know, initially with this app idea, uh, my intent was to build it all myself. Um, but there's a tremendous a lot of amount of work that goes into that. And I don't necessarily have that background. It was something that I was planning to learn 
with this project, but the timing of it with coming out of COVID where so much has changed in the music scene, I felt that it was too critical to push this out uh, quickly that I partnered with them. Um, ultimately, we are in discussions right now to bring him on full time as our CTO while continuing to work with his software development company. Um, but everything takes a, a very long time and it, it goes back. I'm sure you're familiar with the, uh, the book Zero to One, where that first step really takes a lot of work where, you know, you have to convince so many people that this is a platform that they should care about and engage with. And that is very challenging. And we are still very much in development. I would say conservatively, just with the ideas we have on the board right now, I expect us to be developing it for at least a year or two. And we've been coming up with new ideas as we've been engaging more with fans and bands and venues as well, that I expect that list to grow much faster than we're ever going to uh, catch up to, which of course is a good thing to continue to have more to build on. Um, So we actually uh, just launched internally our latest new feature which is that we're looking to serve as a a ticketing provider. Um, So one of the issues, especially for these smaller venues where they're doing maybe a five, $10 show where they're, you know, not that expensive of shows is those ticketing fees really pile up and they uh, make it a little bit inhibitory for a a consumer to want to purchase a ticket where all of a sudden your $5 ticket on one of these big ticketing platforms turns into a $10 ticket you know, just for a smaller local show. And they also don't really add any value to the uh, promoter or the bands. So we are doing our first internal test for uh, a show that we are throwing ourselves, actually be uh, this Saturday, uh, October 23rd, where we're, it's the first live test of our ticketing platform. And what is unique about how our tickets are set up is that they capture the data behind which specific artists are really driving fans into the venue. And this data creates a lot of value to both artists and venues. So one of the challenges that we found, especially on these uh, local level bills where every show has, you know, four bands or, or whatever it is. Um, and ultimately it's very challenging for a venue to figure out what a band's value really is to them, um, where a lot of it's operated based off of feel, where, you know, the night turned out great from a bar sales standpoint, you know, that means this band is good. But you really don't know if that's true. So one of the questions I like to ask venues, you know, after I've seen a show there is, did you have a great night because you booked band A versus band B? Or did you just have a great night because it was Friday night and a lot of people are out? And none of them really have an answer to that question. The tickets, the services they use don't provide that data back to them. So what we do is uh, it's powered through the app where we capture that data of which artist profile actually drove the fan to go to the show. But then also on the ticket purchasing screen, users have the ability to indicate the other bands on that bill that they're there to support. So for instance, if you were to come to our show, you could say, you know, uh, we have at this upcoming show, we have three bands. We have Mama Duke, Tiara Girls, and Lady Fang. That you as a user of the app 
maybe you're a big fan of Mama Duke, um, where you're dri- where you're driven to the ticket through her uh, individual profile, but on the ticket checkout screen, you could indicate that you know you also like Tiara Girls, but maybe you're unfamiliar with our third band, Lady Fang. So that way, we know exactly which artists brought you to our show. So what we are ultimately looking to do with that data is provide it back to artists for free um, and also to whoever's using our ticketing platform. So what that allows the promoters or venues to do is make sure they are booking bands efficiently. Uh, But most importantly, what it does for artists is it allows them to know what their true value is, where they can say to a venue that whether it's one they work with all the time or it's one that has never heard of them, they have that data behind them to show them, hey, here is, uh, you know, here's how my last couple shows have gone. In my last show, I was able to bring out 50 fans at a $10 price point. That's why you should pay me X amount. And to me, the most important part about that is it really allows for a much sustainable culture from both the venue and artist standpoint, where you know these successful artists are being rewarded, that fans can directly support them with their ticketing sales, um, just to kind of clear up that understanding of, okay, here are these multi-band bills, but these are the artists that are really driving the value. That's pretty big. Are there any other companies that are doing this type of uh, kind of tracking this data for, for like local venues and, and local artists, like at the scale? I have not seen it, uh, especially at the local level where there's plenty of data for, you know, your huge acts, you're going to go your Drake, you know, the kind of big pop stars, people understand how many people they can bring out, but I haven't seen anyone really try to support the local community by driving that same data. And to me, it's much more important at that level because there is no clear headliner for a lot of these shows that have, you know, three, four bands on there where I've seen instances of you know, just attending shows where clearly who the promoter or venue thought was the main reason people were coming out isn't really the band that most people were there to support. And you can see that based on you know, what times they're playing, where maybe the headliner's going on last, but really everyone was there for that middle band. And then you kind of see everyone clear out and leave after the band they were there to see plays, but that headliner got paid the most. And some of that is, you know, a very contingent on who do you know at these venues? You know, who is the promoter that you're friends with who's going to put you on? So what we're really trying to do is also with this data level the playing field for someone that maybe isn't as well connected in the music scene that maybe is struggling to get on those bills, that is struggling to convince venues what their true value is. So just the way they have that clear data that there's really you know, no argument to be had. It's, hey, we are the reason people are coming to your venue. That is why you should pay us, you know, X amount. Gotcha. It sounds like also like other entities like recording labels would be interested in this data, right? I mean, if if a recording label is looking for a hot new artist and and Mm -hmm. they want to know, you know, who is the most popular in Austin right now, who are the top five bands or in this genre, like they can go to you and, and get that information. Yeah, we are certainly hopeful we grow to that point. Still a little early now, but uh, it's a, a personal goal of mine to reach the point where, you know, we can kind of point at an artist and, and that artist say that we were a significant 
part of why they were able to be successful or how they got identified. Um, we were also, you know, right now we're strictly focused on the Austin community, but eventually we do plan to scale and expand into other cities as well. And then my hope that we can do there is help a lot of these artists tour because it's, it's something that, you know, I've heard particularly said about Austin um, and Texas, even in, in general as well, where it's very easy for an artist to you know, reach the level of success in their local community where they know they can kind of have a, a steady staple of shows and they'll have a nice turnout at each of them where they are you know, sustaining their careers. But it is very challenging for them to break out of their individual community. Um, some of that obviously is, is just you know, a little bit of, of self-doubt, I think, in that they can go to another city and recreate that same experience that they've been able to cultivate in their home city. Um, so what we're hoping to be able to do is have data to show them and show people outside of their home city that this is an artist worth booking because this is the type of value that they're driving to their local community. But I'm hoping that we, as we grow and expand other cities, can really connect the dots between these artists from two different cities, pair very well together, and essentially loop them in on tours where maybe there's a homegrown artist in each of those cities that we know performs very well and brings out a crowd that is similar to these artists from these other cities and get them all on tour together where maybe it's their first time, they're an Austin artist, it's their first time playing in Houston, but they're playing with, you know, a band in Houston that we know is pretty similar, that they probably their fan bases have a lot of overlap to introduce them to a new fan base and introduce fans to these bands from other cities in the hope that maybe next time they go back, you know, really they're headlining their own show as opposed to just supporting the, uh, the local favorite. That's great, man. I think that that's, uh, you're doing some good work there. Um, are you able to talk about your revenue model for the company? Yeah. Um, so right now, uh, this first show is really, like I said, our, our test of our ticketing platform. So we do charge uh, a very small fee. Uh, it's much cheaper than any of the existing ticketing platforms. Um, and we do that in an effort to keep those ticket costs as low as possible. But obviously, we need to be building something sustainable as well. Um, so there, we are encouraging promoters and venues once we are live to start using us as their ticketing platform. Um, so there is a you know some revenue generated off of that, but more important to me is really generating this strong data set that um, people are able to leverage to throw successful shows. Now it's my intent to never charge bands um, or fans to use the product. Uh, really, our revenue model is focused on venues and promoters because that data means the most to them. You know, very, there's a couple different things that, that factor into how they can use that data. Uh, and we're looking to expand into capturing even, even more data beyond just how many people are coming out at a given price point. But really for them, that data means that they can have a, success, a successful night. So um, ultimately, where most of these smaller venues make their money isn't actually on the ticket sales at all. It's really based off of the bar revenue. 
So one of the interesting things that we are looking to explore is what type of show do you want to be throwing on a given night where, you know, on the weekend, a lot of people are naturally out already. What do users look for? Are they looking for a very high end show or are they looking for, you know, just something free? Because as the venue, you want as many people through the doors as possible that if you're between say, uh, you know, a 10 and a $20 ticket price, maybe that drives a certain number of users away from your show versus, you know, you can see that the average person that comes into your bar is going to spend much more than that $10 difference anyway, that really what you want to be doing is maximizing your capacity to ensure that you're as full as possible while throwing uh, very efficient shows. And then also what I'd like to get into too is, encouraging venues to really branch out and explore more artists. So it's something that we've noticed since we've been uh, headquartered in Austin, where you see a lot of the same artists kind of being jumping around from venue to venue, which is great for those individual artists. But as a fan, are you going to go see the same local artist, you know, week after week after week? Probably not, unless it's absolutely your favorite band, which, you know, of course, then it's great to see them getting as much or as many shows as they're getting. But what we're trying to encourage is is more this discovery aspect with local live music to really keep that variety as fresh as possible. So like one of the things that we've been doing for our own shows, which I think goes against the traditional model, is that we try to pair artists that we don't think sound that much alike to try to reach a broader audience and to get that audience to come to your shows and watch an artist perform. That's maybe not from a genre that they even would have thought that they've liked um, just to try to promote and grow that local music scene as much as possible and try to get, you know, fans of local live music to expand their, uh, their horizons a bit as well. That is a cool angle to just kind of mix it up and, and have people uh, learn about, different genres of music or different, different bands that are uh, in the area. Yeah. Well, it's, it's something too, that we want to highlight uh, the live experience as much as possible. So, you know, I mentioned uh, at the start of the interview that you know, you're driving people into the app that they can explore local music, but what's unique about how ours is set up is a band's profile is just three short clips of them playing live to really highlight that live experience that you might get from being at one of their shows, because it's, it's something to me that's very noticeable at the local level where, you know, you might see the best show of your life and it's a band that doesn't even have anything actually recorded. So there is that huge gap. And, and on the other side of that, there's some bands that sound amazing on recorded because they have the money and the, to go into one of these great recording studios and be produced very well, but maybe their live shows don't have quite that energy that you were hoping to see. So by giving somewhat of a unique platform for these artists to really showcase what they bring to a live experience, I think we are creating something a bit unique that I'm hoping really drives that live show experience as much as possible. That's really cool. So, so are you saying like, if I'm on the app and I'm I'm scrolling to see who's playing tonight and mm-hmm. the different venues and I find one at let's just say wherever downtown and right. uh, and would there be like just like a little 
thing I can click on to kind of watch a little video clip or like audio clip of the music? And then is that something that you guys are personally recording yourselves or, or how, how does that work? So it's a, it's a mix. Um, some of it is video we've recorded ourselves. Uh, so the artists manage their profiles so they can upload videos of themselves as well. Uh, just to try to generate that content. We also have a feature that we call the spotlight, which um, is that a feature where any fan can ultimately submit their own video content of the band to that band's profile as well. So that almost functions like a, a Yelp review where, you know, the band has created their profile. They've put on some maybe great high production value videos on their profile but what I'm looking for as a fan is I want to know what's it going to be like for me in the crowd? You know, is, is everyone just kind of sitting casually at tables, which maybe is something I'm looking for on you know, a quiet weekday night, or is there a full blown mosh pit going on that, you know, it's going to be a, a rowdy Friday night kind of scene. So by allowing the fans to submit from their own experience, what they are seeing when they go to one of these shows it generates content that the band can use outside the app as well for promotional purposes. And it allows other prospective fans to really get that full experience of, Oh, this is what it would be like to be at one of their shows. This looks great. Can't wait to go. Gotcha. I mean, you're starting this in Austin was the perfect place to do it. Um, and, but I, obviously this thing would work in, in a lot of different cities. I mean, all over the country. Um, do you have any other, cities in mind uh, after Austin coming up? I do. Um, Austin is, of, of course, you know, that was the easiest choice I think I've made in, in all the things we've done here where you want to do something with music that's related to tech. Of course, Austin's the only place you think to do that, uh, especially with our focus on live music. So ultimately, we're going to allow the data to sort of show us which cities to move to next where, you know, I expect just based off of proximity that maybe like Dallas is a, a second city just because you see a lot of artists coming uh, from Dallas to play in Austin and vice versa, you know, Austin to Dallas. So I suspect we're likely going to focus on Texas first. But as far as branching outside of Texas, Nashville, obviously, with its reputation um, as a music scene is an early target. Uh, Los Angeles and New York as well have a bit of that reputation. So I expect those to be earlier cities that we try to push into. Um, but of course, you know, there's no place quite like Austin for, uh, for live music. No doubt. Um, sounds like everything's going great for you and the company. Um, everything goes as planned. Everything's going well. Where do you see your company in five years? So in five years, where I would like us to be is the place that people go to when they're trying to find a show or just when they're trying to explore new artists. Um, so my goal is to be the primary ticketing provider that people use. And I, I think that, you know, obviously it's a, a long way to go, but I think the data that we're providing in the, the ticket uh, purchasing has a lot of value to both these to both fans, bands, and promoters that I haven't really seen generated uh, any other way. So I think it is possible for us to grow where, you know, if you are visiting another city, um, don't know anything about it, the first place you go if you're trying to see a live show is Mike Check 
you know, putting in your genre preferences, what date you're going to be there, you know, what your ticket price is that you're comfortable paying, exploring a couple of quick bands real fast uh, in a way that, you know, is enjoyable that I'm hoping we see people use, even if they're not actively trying to find a show for a given date. Um, and then, of course, you know, purchasing the ticket directly through Mic Check and uh, that factoring into also how artists are compensated where, you know, we see right now a lot of these smaller shows have kind of guarantees for artists, which I hope always stays a thing. But what we're doing for our first show is, you know, we pay the artists the guarantees they've asked for, but we're providing bonuses as well based off of how many of their supporters purchase the tickets and indicate that they're there to support them. Because we want to build to really creating a much more sustainable local music community. So um, as you may know, Bitcoin and crypto is real big and hot right now. Do you, do you see that as a uh, potential payment method on your platform in the future? Uh, absolutely. The, certainly as a payment method, um, would love to incorporate crypto. Uh, crypto has been the reason I am in the position to kind of really jump in and, and start my check. Um, so definitely a, a big supporter of that space and would love to incorporate it sooner rather than later as a, a payment method for our tickets. Very good. Also, South by Southwest will be here sooner than, than uh, we can think about. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of stuff will you be involved in, in uh, during South by Southwest? So we're really looking to pull out all the stops for South by Southwest. Um, so our event uh, producer, Megan Volkorsen, who um, was the one responsible for throwing the first show. She was uh, my first employee hire here in Austin. She's very ingrained in the local Austin community, uh, in the local music scene. She actually used to work for uh, Moss Records, which is a a local indie record company based here in Austin. So um, definitely asking a lot out of her for South By. We are planning to throw shows every day, partner with, you know, multiple other promoters and venues on their shows as well. Um, So you can expect to see our name, hopefully a lot of places during South by we will be making a a big push to outside artists who are coming in for South by Southwest as well um, to utilize mic check and make sure they have profiles on there because we do anticipate a number of promoters uh, looking specifically at my check profiles as a way to identify people to book for their venues. So we already um, have reached a, an agreement with uh, Herd Presents. So Herd, they book for Empire and the Parish. Uh, they own both those venues. So they have already started using this as a way to identify local Austin artists that they want to put on at their shows. Um, so we are, you know, as we're ramping up and getting ready for South by, we are pushing that for a lot of venues and promoters and bands as a way to book South by shows. And then, of course, tracking those shows for our fans to make sure they know where their bands are playing next. Because one of the things we're doing with the ticketing service um, is allowing a venue that essentially has never booked a live show before where is particularly relevant during South by where any store has a live band playing in it. Even if, you know, they're not what you'd think of as a a traditional venue, but that's certainly challenging because it's something very outside of their scope. 
So we are pushing to develop Mic Check into a full service platform where any of these local businesses could pop on, very quickly identify bands that are interested in playing their venue, get some sense uh, with the data behind, you know, what is the value of this band adding to even, you know, their store on a Tuesday afternoon kind of thing. Uh, and then allowing our users to find these local bands and these bands from out of town that they haven't heard of uh, very quickly on the app and then track them to follow them all week long. Excellent, man. So how can listeners, uh, where can they find your app? Uh, is it available on, on, the, on different platforms right now? Uh, yes. So it's available on both the Google Play and the uh, Apple Store. Uh, we also have a website version as well for people that, you know, don't necessarily download apps that you can still play around on your computer and have all the same functionality. Um, so we are, are out there ready to download. We do still have a decent bit of development to do, but I expect in the uh, the next couple of months here, your users are going to see a, a big improvement in the functionality as we really start to expand that. Excellent. And how can folks learn more about you and Mike Check Online? Uh, so you can visit our website. It's www.themiccheck.com. The app is, of course, Mic Check as well. So for the Apple Store, it's The Mic Check. On Google Play, it's it's just Mic Check. Great. And then uh, one final question for you. Uh, What's and that is, what's your favorite restaurant in Austin? Favorite restaurant in Austin? That's a tough one. There's a lot of good choices here. I think I'm probably going to have to go Terry Black's Barbecue. I uh, definitely became a favorite of there very early on and have trouble resisting that place. <laughs> Great place. Also, I, I want to ask you, I, I forgot to ask you earlier, do you have a favorite local band that you like right now? I do. I'm, I'm a little bit torn right now between two. So they're, uh, they're both bands that we booked for shows of ours. So the first one is Urban Heat. Um, and then the second one would be Oxcutter. Okay. Well, very cool, man. Dakota, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, I'm excited for, for Mike Check and everything you guys are doing. I'm excited, I'm excited to kind of follow follow you guys and see how uh, everything turns out. I'll put uh, all your information in the show notes so folks can download your app and check out your website and see everything y'all are doing. All right. Thank you very much, Joseph. I appreciate you uh, having me on. Yes, sir. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by our affiliate, Gemini. Gemini is a well-respected cryptocurrency exchange started by Cameron and Tyler Wakelboss. If you're interested in purchasing Bitcoin, Ethereum, or other altcoins, please check out their website at gemini.sjv.io backslash Moontower to learn all about it. Thank you.